Welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at Wide Teams. This is episode 59. I am your host, Avdi Grimm. And this episode of the Wide Teams Podcast is made possible by generous support from Argyle, offering professional services with a niche focus in QA strategy and automated web testing. You can find out more about Argyle at A-R-R-G-Y-L-E dot com. Joining me today is Daniel Yoon. Daniel, thanks for taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. So um, tell us a bit about yourself and your background and, uh, and also uh, where you're located. I was a programmer on the .NET stack. Uh, started from Classic ASP, went through to... Uh, .NET, and then C-Sharp, did that for a while. Uh, I think a total of about 10 years on the .NET stack doing web development. And then after that, I went and did uh, Ruby on Rails, uh, just kind of for fun. And then decided I really liked that and wanted a kind of a career change. I am currently in Beijing, China, uh, working remote for a company in the U.S. named uh, Sleepy Giant. Let's get a little back, a little bit more background on you. How did you come to be where you are? Why are you working for a U.S. company uh, in China? Uh, my wife and I originally came out here uh, about two years ago to do some uh, nonprofit work, and we were doing that for a little bit. And then recently, we had a baby. Uh, our baby Sophia is three months old now, mm-hmm. and after she was born, I thought I, I think I need to basically I need to make a little bit more money uh, to support the family. Uh, with me and my wife, it was pretty easy to live more frugally, I guess. Um, but after the baby came, uh, you know, our expenses kind of shot up. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get a job. Um, originally, I was thinking I'd work for a Chinese company as a, as a programmer. Uh, my Chinese is not that good, but a lot of companies here, uh, you know, with English, it's okay to, to use English, you know, depending on the company. Uh, but I talked to one of my friends who is in, who's a programmer here in China, and he said, you know, you'd probably make more money being an English teacher mm. <laughs> than being a programmer out here. And so uh, I, I've taught English before, and I know I, I don't really like it <laughs> too much. And so I, <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's an option for me. I mean, if if I had to, and you know, that's what I needed to do, then I probably would do it uh, for my family's sake. But uh, fortunately, I, I looked around to see if there's any remote. Uh, Rails jobs available online, and there, you know, there seemed to be a good number of them. Uh, mm-hmm. For .NET, I think it would have been really, really hard to get a job working remote. But like when I, when I was working in the .NET space, I, I never even thought about working remote. I I didn't even know that it was an option. Uh, but with working with Rails, there there, I mean, it's not a lot of job options out. You know, not a lot of jobs out there for working remote, but it seemed like a pretty good number, mm. pretty decent number. And I, I job searched for about, I don't know, maybe like a week or two, um, including, you know, interviewing with several companies. And uh, I noticed that the Rails shops, they like to give you programming quizzes. And so, you know, took the time to do uh, programming quizzes for, I think, three or four companies. And then finally landed a job at CP Giant. And, yeah, so that's how I'm working for a U.S. company from 
out here in Beijing, China. How did you identify the companies that you, you know, that you were going to interview for uh, that that would offer remote work? I looked on one of the places I looked on was um, jobs.stackoverflow.com. They actually had a company out here in Beijing, which was a a rail shop in Beijing, and they were looking for developers. They actually they never got back to me, (laughs) but. uh, I looked at different job boards. What was it? It's like, let's see, you know, there's um, oh, I'm forgetting the blog right now. Rails, Rails Insider, I think, a Ruby Inside, one of those. Um, you know, I looked at different blogs for, for uh, job postings. Um, I looked on LinkedIn. I don't think I had much luck with LinkedIn. Mm. Um, and then, but this particular job at CB Giant, I saw it show up on some job board. I, I don't remember exactly which one. And uh, one of my friends had interviewed there before. And so he, uh, I think he knew somebody there. So I had my friend submit my resume. And that's okay. how I got in touch with Sleepy Giant. But I mean, you know, all the other companies I talked to, it was just looking at different job boards online. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly which ones, but if you want, I can, I can look them up and you can put them in the show notes or something. That sounds good. I wasn't really... Like I wasn't picky about who I was going to work for uh, mm-hmm. initially. Yeah, I just, I was just, you know, I just wanted to get, you know, find some work while out here in Beijing. But I just happened to land like basically my my dream job, basically. So, yeah, I felt very fortunate to to get this job. Nice. Now, what was the interview process like? Specifically, you know, I mean, were you doing like phone interviews? Did you do any kind of pair programming? Um, was it just like a lot of email stuff. What did you do? Initially, it's just sending them my resume and you know e- email correspondence. And if they like what they see on the resume and and your um, you know your GitHub profile and whatnot, they'll uh, set up a Skype appointment. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that initially I would get dressed up for these Skype interviews because I thought it would be a video Skype interview. And you know, get dressed up, do my hair, and right ready. And then it's, it was always a voice chat. <laughs> It took me a while to, to figure that out. That it's they they don't want to see me, I guess, on video or something. So, <laughs> you know, um, I hate I hate it when that happens. I, I've done the same thing. You know, you get all dressed up for a uh, for an interview, and uh, I got all dressed up for a um, a talk recently, a remote talk I did recently, and then discovered that that they weren't set up for uh, like they had video. They could they could they could do my slides, but they didn't have like they couldn't have have me in a little video box or anything. And so I I got all dressed up for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Um well, you know, there is that there I think there is some research though that says that you speak differently when you're when you're dressed up, you know, you sort of you tend to to you know, your affect is different when you dress up mm-hmm. than when you don't. I think that uh, that's like kind of in the same vein as as the the advice that says you know take your interview call if you're on the phone take your call standing up instead of sitting down it's like your affect changes. Interesting, interesting. I should dress up for more for work more often then. I tend to pace around a lot anyway, so like that's one of the reasons I have to have a decent wireless headset. So we've okay, so so I know Daniel. We've we've done some pair programming together remotely, obviously. And we've, this is one of the things that we've talked about, uh, during some of those sessions is, uh, headsets. I'm, I'm on the eternal search for the perfect headset. Now we, I think we both have Blue Parrot, you know, VXI Blue Parrot headsets. 
How is yours working out? It's it's great. I mean, I have a, you know, like I said, I have a three-month-old at home, and sometimes she's crying for whatever reason. And I don't think my coworkers are able to hear that. Mm-hmm. Actually, just the other day, we are on a, a conference call, and, uh, you know, I, I mute. I mute my uh, Skype anyways, um, even though I have the blue parrot. Uh, but one of the girls on the call, she didn't have she didn't have it muted, and I guess she didn't have an, a good noise canceling uh, headset. And so mm. I could hear roosters coming <laughs> <laughs> in the background, like during the call. <laughs> and so I, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, did you want me to continue answering this question about the interview process? I I'm sorry, really it's a total tangent. That. Yeah, it's a total tangent. Um, yeah, no we, we should get back. We should get back <laughs> no to problem. that. But 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 let me let me chase this tangent to its conclusion. Um, uh, see, I told you these interviews mm-hmm. are, are casual. <laughs> okay, I like. Do you ever do you ever have trouble with it? Just like the quality. Like, do you, you have people complaining about the quality of of your voice degrading over time, and then you have to like fiddle with the mic on on the blue parrot? Yeah. I'm wondering if I'm just like if I keep getting. I, I don't have that problem. Maybe I just keep getting bum units. I don't know. The one problem I do have is that it happens. It, happens, it has not happened with this call, but usually when I start a call, maybe like five minutes into it, my my headset will say out of range, and all of a sudden I can't hear anything, and then I have to switch to the, you know, the iPad speaker, and then go back to the headset, and then everything will be okay. Weird. Yeah, I mean it's happened pretty consistently, and I, so I just have to be you know, ready to swap the, you know, to the, to my iPad for sound. Right. But it hasn't happened to us, so. Eh. all right. Yeah. Well, the search for the perfect headset continues. Anyway, <laughs> I was asking you about the interview process. You said, yeah, they, you got dressed up for some, for some Skype interviews, but, uh, but they all just wanted to hear your voice. What then? <laughs> so the in- initial interview, you know, it's a typical interview. You just get to know, get, uh, some background information about you, interesting things you've worked on, your work experience. After that, they typically uh, sent me a programming quiz. I think every single company I talked to uh, gave me some sort of programming quiz. And then after that, is if they you know want to continue, they'll, they'll interview again. Um, I, I didn't do any pair programming with anyone, but with um, one of the companies, they gave me uh, like four different programming quizzes. Uh, so it's pretty rigorous. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's pretty good process for weeding out people that you know aren't at the appropriate experience level, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how are you liking it? I man, I love it. Uh, but see, uh, there's a lot of aspects of of working remote that I like. Um, I mean, one one aspect of of course being able to work from home. But see, I, I can't tell if it's because I like working remote or if it's because I like working in the Ruby on Rails space. <laughs> right. Like like I said, I came from .NET and I'm not like I don't want to turn to a you know bashing another framework session or anything like that, but I really enjoy the you know I, I enjoy Ruby. I like working in Rails. I like working with um you know uh, Unix type operating systems and with Git and you know like an agile um agile practices. Uh, I'm, I'm really just, I don't know, maybe it's a honeymoon phase for me, but I'm really uh, taking it and just really enjoying it. You know, I, I, can I could I go on a little, could I give you some background about why like I, I love working remote? Please, please. <laughs> okay. I, I've wanted to work remote for a long time, but I never even knew it. 
So ever since like maybe high school or so, I always thought the best job in the world would be to be some sort of like a writer or like an author of a popular series of novels. Mm-hmm. And then you can just travel anywhere around the world and get some, like you can go to a cool place, get some inspiration and write whenever you're inspired to write, you know? And so my friends would tell me like, hey, why don't you do that? Why don't you be a writer? But the problem is I'm, I'm a very bad writer. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I don't <laughs> I don't think that's an option for me. You know, it's like no matter how much I like it, if I am really bad at it, how will I, you know, make money doing this, right? But then, like, it was like maybe a year and a half ago, I was talking with my wife, and it just kind of hit me that, like, being a programmer, I can, I can do this same thing. It's just instead of writing prose, I'm writing programs, and um, it was like an epiphany for me. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I was, I was just looking out and think and wondering, like, man, could I ever actually? get a job working remote and you know like it would be such a dream job to, to me and so yeah and, and you know long story short that's i was able to find a job letting me work remote and um i'm loving it yeah and you know what I, one thing i also realized is i i think a lot of people talk about how when they work remote uh one of the things that pushed them to that is like they hate their commute they it's like such a waste of time to commute to work and back and you know, that comes up a lot. And I felt that way too, but I realized that uh, because I like what I'm doing and because I can work remotely, I spend, I think a lot more than just eight hours a day uh, on my work stuff. And it's just because I like it and it's so easily accessible. So anytime I have free time, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to work on that bug that I, that I saw the other day, you know? Right. And, you know, I, I feel like my, my work does get some benefits, you know, a lot of benefits from that because I can work anytime, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's beneficial to me too, of course, but I definitely think my, my work uh, benefits from that as well. Right. So like what, how close is your connection with the home office? I mean, how closely are you working with them? Um, or, you know, is it a fairly like, you know, do they just push off tasks to you or, you know, what's, what's that like? So initially <laughs> the, my first day of work, um, you know, I got dressed up again. I thought I'd be on like Skype calls all day and stuff. And I just checked my email and, and I was assigned a, a task, you know, and it was just like they left me alone to work on this task for a few days all by myself. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm, I feel, really felt like I would get lost in, you know, just being a remote worker and not knowing anyone at work. I didn't even know if they knew I worked there, you know, <laughs> uh, the one guy that hired me. Right. I was I was really worried at first because initially with with my job it's a two month is a you know you're a contract employee and if they like you then it turns into a full time job mm-hmm. uh, which I think is you know a really good process and um, so during those first few weeks I was just really nervous I was like man they're gonna not even notice my contribution to you know to their company and then I'm just gonna not even get hired you know uh, but. Later on, they needed some more help on a particular project, and so I got added to that project. And so, okay, I'm not going to name the company because I'm not sure if it's okay with all the, you know, with all the details and stuff. But basically, that company has pretty tight security, and initially, they didn't want me to work from China on that project. Uh, they're they're worried about the security, and so. You know, that was another strike against me, right? I was like, man, I'm really not going to get this job. Mm. I can't even work for their clients, you know? Uh, but eventually they, I don't know why, but they are eventually okayed it. And so I've been on this uh, project for a few months now. And basically each morning I just get in 
on uh, HipChat. We use HipChat. Uh, it's like an online chat program, group mm -hmm. chat program. And I'm 15, uh, I think 16 hours now ahead of uh, Pacific Standard Time Zone, which is where the home office is. And that's where most of my coworkers are at. I have like about four hours or five hours overlap with them because uh, I start at 6, 6 a.m. my time, which is about 2, 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, and they typically work till about 7 p.m., I think. And mm -hmm. so uh, I just get in and get on chat and see if anything's going on. I'll check my emails and we use uh, Jira. Uh, Jira is like a, I don't know, bug tracking system or a, I think that's kind of what we use it for, bugs and features. Um, so I just see what's assigned to me. Um, if I need to get more information, I'll ping them on either hip chat or email. We also have, well, we we have a daily stand-up meeting, but I can't make those because they're at 3 a.m. my time. Right. Luckily, they don't require me to go to those <laughs> at 3 a.m. But I do email them like what I would say if I were in a stand-up meeting. So I email what I worked on, what I plan to work on, and what mm -hmm. any blockers that I that I ran in that I run into. And then, like every other week, we'll have a uh, sprint planning meeting. And for the, those meetings, I'm usually present. And they make it at a time that's you know that I'm I'm available as uh -huh. well. And we do it on Skype. And yeah, I mean, I don't feel that now. I don't feel that disconnected. Uh -huh. Like I guess my my point is that it wasn't me being a remote worker that made me feel disconnected. It was that I wasn't on a project with them yet. Right. That's what made me. Feel connected right now uh, so like was there ever a point where where somebody did introductions like said hey this is this is daniel he's joining our team or did you just sort of like organically like you know meet people as you started working on projects with them yeah it was more organic and it was actually i think if it weren't for that hip chat program that we mm -hmm. use i don't I think most people would still not know that i worked there i mean mm -hmm. i remember like there's a development chat room and i was like I, I, I came in and you could see when people come in, right? And someone's like, who's Daniel? <laughs> remote worker from China. They're like, okay. That, that was it. No one said anything to me after that. Yeah. So, I mean, hip chat and then the fact that we, you know, that I'm on a project that, that helped a lot to, you know, integrate me into their, their um, corporate environment. And you were telling me something about the, uh, the person that handles your uh, paperwork. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was just talking with her and she's like, I didn't even know that you worked for us. And I was like, well, you know, I do. <laughs> and then, uh, I actually on my resume, I have, uh, my, my permanent mailing address is, is, um, Orange County, California. And the company is based in Orange County, California. And she was thinking, why is this guy working remote when he lives in Orange County, California? <laughs> <laughs> she thought I was like extremely lazy guy that just did not want to come into the office. Uh, so. So I almost feel like like maybe one of those like points of protocol that would be helpful for remote workers, especially, you know, I feel like a lot of companies, they're still feeling their way in this space and they, they don't always have really procedures established for adding people, especially if, you know, maybe they, they currently have an in-office group and they're starting to add remote workers. and And I feel like it's one of those things that, that at least as companies are still figuring this out, remote workers kind of ha have to take the lead and like send out, you know, when you join a group, send out, uh, hey, this is me, you know, let me tell you a little bit about myself kind of email or something like that. Uh, you know, it's just because I think, you know, I, 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 what do you think? I, I feel like a lot of companies, it's not that, 
not that they're trying to keep, you know, you know, keep you off to the side. It's just that they're not really familiar with like what it, what that transition is like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with the concept, but like, you know, it's like, you know, they have the, the mailing list, like they have a developer's mailing list. Right. And I, I'm always scared to email that list because right. right? I don't want to be spamming right, everybody. Right. So like when you first join <laughs> a team, it's terrifying. The idea of yeah. emailing the the everyone list or even just like the yeah. old list is terrifying. Yeah, I mean, if maybe like one of the managers, one of the higher ups, was like kind of you know ask you to do that, then yeah, I think that'd be great. Or like maybe just, like just a simple maybe a good plan for somebody joining a team like like you did would be. You know, email the manager you know and say, look, here's a little intro, you know, in case you want to pass this on to the team. Yeah. Or can I, you know, would it be okay if I emailed a little introduction out to the, to the, to the team mailing list or something like that? Yeah. I, I definitely think something even as simple as that would have been a huge help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I also was, you know, like I said, I was a, for two months, I was a contract employee. So I was like, Am I even allowed to email the the, the dev list? You know, right. like, wait till I'm full time for I that access. To, like, keep to my shoebox in the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, the first time I emailed the whole group, it wasn't everybody; it was just the development group. Um, I was telling my the guy that hired me; he's the director of development. I was I was telling him that um, what was it? I think I had to take care of like visa issues for my daughter here in, in China, and. Like it was very urgent and I had to, I had to go to the visa office right away, but it was during my work hours. Um, cause I'm supposed to work from 6 AM to 3 PM, my local time, but I had to go to the visa office at like 2 PM or something, which is like 11 PM in you know, Pacific standard time. So I was just giving a, him a heads up 11 PM. I'm not going to be online. And he was like, okay, can you email the dev list? You know, give, give them a heads up, let them know. And I was like, I felt so stupid emailing them, telling them like okay, from 11 PM to 1 AM, I'm not going to be online guys. Just giving you a heads up, you know? And that was my first email to the group. <laughs> and, and, and are you, are you imagining them saying that's great, but who are you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> That and then that's really annoying. Why do I care that this guy's not online from 11 to 1 a.m.? You know, so yeah. But I mean, but everyone has been really cool at, at the company. Um, uh-huh. the, the project manager for the the PM for the um, project that I'm on. Um, once he actually from that email, he he contacted me and he said, "Hey, we should set up a Skype chat and you know let let me get you." Uh, situated and, and, you know, give you some background information on, on what's going on with this project and, and where we're headed. And so, yeah, I, that, I, even, even that email was actually very helpful. A lot of mm-hmm. good came out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it all it really takes is that is a little nudge to, you know, remind people, you know, people are busy. And, uh, and when you're out there, when you're out there remote, sometimes it just takes that little nudge to say, Hey, I exist. And, uh, yeah. you know, prods people's memory and they say, Oh yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to touch base. Yeah. 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 That's a very good point. Hey, have you asked other people about that process, like of how they get, you know, introduced to the, the company basically when they're remote? I'm sure I have. You know, I don't remember specific interviews, but I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it in, in, in some of these episodes before. I've always, I, I think about it a lot. I mean, you know, I feel like if, you know, if like tomorrow, if I were to join a dispersed team that I hadn't worked with before, I almost feel like I would, Maybe I'd send an email like I was talking about out. Maybe I would even record a little a little YouTube video, 
you know, just uh, with a private <laughs> URL. Uh, I'm actually serious. Uh-huh. Like, you know, just, you know, because that way I could, you know, show my face a little bit, you know, and just like just a tiny little like five minute introduction video or something like that. I don't know. You just email them a copy of your one of your books or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would I think that would that would start things off on the right foot. Hello, I'm Avdi and I'm an author. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. <Yeah. laughs> and you are now very privileged to have me on your team. <laughs> right. You you could say thank you for joining my team. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. I think that would yeah, that would definitely set the right tone going forwards i was i was very scared to like step on people's toes um, yeah. when, when i started working and yeah and you know uh, what, what really sucks about working remote one thing that's kind of bad is that uh, a lot of stuff gets tra- lost in translation and you know chat and and email and uh, so you know i'd say things and, and i'd be like i think it's funny and i'm obviously being sarcastic but then no one's laughing in the chat room, and I'm like, "Did they take me seriously?" Did they, you know, like, <laughs> right? I'm joke. Like, do they just think I'm like a total tool because they are taking me seriously right now? And I can't yeah, believe that. you said that. <laughs> yep. It's tough. Like, you know, when you're the new, when you're the new person, a lot of that might not be. You know, they might not be. You know, they might see it, but they might not know what your sense of humor is like. And yeah. It's not sure, you know. Do I? How do I? How do I respond? If I laugh and he was serious, then that's you know. <laughs> so I think it's, it's 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 both sides, you know. It's you know you're nervous, and and they don't know, which is kind of again where like having that having that voice contact, having that initial like a little bit of initial video contact in some in some form, I think is is helpful because you can get a feel for. As soon as you can hear somebody talking in your head, you know, you can read their words and hear hear them talking in your head. As soon as you're able to do that, it, it makes it's like a huge uh step up in in how you communicate with them. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should come up with like I should do an article where I come up with like the uh, the wide teams interview questionnaire, you know, like like not interview, but like the introduction questionnaire, you know, like just a list of questions to to answer in like an initial email or something like that to sort of clue clue people in to to who you are and what you're doing there. Yeah, I you know like one funny thing is you know I'm I'm in China so everyone just assumed I was Chinese. Right. And like well I'm a, I'm an American but ethnically I'm Korean you know and so you know that really throws people off. I, so. Yeah. See that's just uh, not fair. Yeah, I mean even. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying I blame them, uh, but it's just funny, you know. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, an Asian guy in China who must be Chinese, and one guy like messaged me privately on HipChat. He's like, hey, um, you know, like, uh, are you are you Chinese? You know, he's like, I'm, you know, don't take any offense to that question, but are are you Chinese? Because you know, we're not sure. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, we definitely need to we definitely need to start a, a trend of doing intros i think that would that'd make a big difference we were, i worked with a group once where, where somebody I, I wish i was the one who had this idea but i was not but somebody had the brilliant idea to they actually got a pretty nice camera uh video camera and they came up with this complicated art itinerary uh where they mailed the camera around the country and actually beyond the country because i think it, it, it spent some time in, in canada too 
but they they came up with this itinerary for the camera where it was like two days here, two days here. Uh, each person would get it, and they'd record a little self interview. Like they had, they there was this list of questions that came with it, and and instructions for setting it up. And you would record this little self interview, then you would pack it up and slap the next the next label, the next mailing label on it, and mail it off to the next person. And then now this is a company. This is a company that was big enough that they, I think, they had like their own media person. And so, so that person was able to then like stitch it all together into a nice presentation at the end. And, and, uh, yeah. at one of the big company meetings, they presented this and, and, uh, it was all like nicely edited and stuff. And, and so everybody like got to see clips of all these different people talking about who they were and, and what they did, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All this talk, you're, you're making me feel like I should, you know, make a self video of myself and then, send it to my coworkers, at least, at least the team that I'm on or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. There's, I, we're still figuring this stuff out. So, yeah. um, I mean, like, what should companies be doing? What what would have made your transition? Obviously, you're doing quite well and, and you're very happy, but what would have made your transition even easier? Um, I guess not feeling so anonymous. Um, like I said, when I initially started, I felt like only one person knew that I worked there. And mm-hmm. if something happened to him, then no one would know that I worked there. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, everything that you talked about, I, I think even even just a simple email out to the group saying, hey, this is a new developer, you know, Daniel, you know, welcome him to the group. Something just very simple like that. That would have been great, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's two sides of that, right? There's what can they do to make me feel comfortable being introduced to the company? And then what can I do for them to feel, you know, um, right. Like, you know, the, the reverse of that. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, I, I don't think it needs to be anything hard or complex or, you know, I, I think just just saying, hey, this is this is so and so. There's a new person, you know, just just that I think yeah. I think is fine. I, and I think you run into that even when you work um, when you work at a place uh, non remotely, when you when you're on location, too. I mean, yeah. if someone introduces you and you just walking around the office as the new guy. It's like, hey, who, who is this guy? You know, oh man, it's the same thing, but it's it's a little more it's a little more obvious, right? So then people end up kind of introducing the new person because it's it's so obvious in that situation, right? Yeah, that's you know that's actually it's a very good point. It's so true. I mean, I uh, a long time ago I I worked at a defense contractor, big defense contractor, and I tell you what, I worked there for like you know I don't know what was it, eight or nine years, <laughs> and the day I left that office, I st- I still probably knew like. 10% of the people around me is that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there were faces that I recognized, but yeah. But there were so few people that I actually, you know, I actually felt like I knew. So, I think you're right. It's it's not yeah. really limited to distributed teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just easier to kind of overlook that on a distributed team. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your number one tip for uh, for people working remotely? One thing for me is um, if you're going to work remote, like you have to be honest with yourself. Like, can you really trust, be trusted to work remote? Um, you know, like 10 years ago, I, I would not trust myself to work remote. You know, I would not give myself a job as a remote worker. Now I, I feel like I'm responsible enough to do that. And, you know, have, being a family man, it, it's kind of, you have this like higher level of, I guess, accountability, right, to your own family. And so that that's all part of it. Um, but yeah, if I was 
younger and and wilder, I would I would be a very very bad candidate for a, a remote worker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if people ever consider that. Um, and then the second thing is, for me in, in particular, being in China, and you know sometimes my internet will go out, or sometimes Chinese government will decide to block stuff more than usual, mm-hmm. and um, it's you know basically I don't have access to the internet sometimes. So. I made sure to get a, a 3G um, internet um, okay. on my iPad, and yeah, and the and the VPN, and I have a virtual private server that I run my own VPN on, and even that sometimes it, it doesn't work, which I have no idea why. Um, but if I connect through my iPad, if I set it up as a hotspot, my laptop goes through my 3G on the iPad, then I can get on the VPN. Mm. So. There's something weird going on there, but yeah, just basically having some sort of backup, uh, backup internet, uh, right. you know, especially when you're working remote, because it point. can go out at the worst times. Well, very good points, Daniel. Before I before I let you go, where can people find you online? You know, so okay, I have Twitter, but I don't really use it. But if you wanna tweet me, it's uh, Dan Dan Yoon Y O O N, and yeah, that's about the only thing I have out there. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty busy with work and, and family stuff. And um, I was off of Twitter and Facebook for a while because um, it's blocked here in China. Oh, yeah. So I'm not very act- I'm not very active with those. Yeah. What about GitHub? Do you have some, something there? Um, yeah, I, I think it's Dan. I think it's Daniel Y. Okay. Yeah, I think that's my GitHub handle. Um, but yeah, all the work stuff I do, it's you know, it's it's not open source or anything, so right. you won't see any of that there. Sure. Oh, yeah, can I mention my company? Absolutely. Please do. It's Sleepy Giant. Um, they've been around since 2007. And, uh, you know, they build these high-scale web systems to help run and manage uh, mostly online games. Hmm. Um, so we work with customers like Disney, um, Fox Interactive, um, uh, SeaWorld. Uh, yeah, so if you go to the website, sleepygiant.com, you'll see... Uh, a bit of the work that we do. Um, it's it's really fun stuff. Uh, I like it because it's it's you're working in the game industry, but not for a game company. So you know, I, I hear kind of bad stories about working for game companies. Like after the product ships, they you know cut cut loose a lot of people and things like that. Right, but right. Um, they don't do that here because it's it's not a game uh, developer them, themselves, and it's, it's kind of like consulting for other game companies. So really interesting work and. And we're always looking for good developers. So check out the website if you're interested. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. No problem. And that's our show. Hope you've enjoyed it. To subscribe, if you haven't already, or to check out more interviews with remote workers, go to wideteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. This Wide Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm, signing off.